0: Drink your juice, Damon. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I just, I literally just agreed to do steel magnolias two seconds ago. And the minute you said that, I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to Your Inner Childs and Idiots, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and tea if
0: they're any good. My name is DJ. And my name is Damon. Hello, DJ. how have you been? Well, howdy to you. Oh, Clary, is that you? Come on in. I got some sweet tea over here for you. (laughs) It's viscous, Clary. (laughs) Why is the the sweet tea doesn't come out immediately? I'm holding it at a 90 degree angle, but it's still sort of slowly coming out like molasses out the... Oh, hot as molasses and slow as molasses. We love hot molasses. As molasses. <laughs> hot as molasses. Now, I didn't catch, I mean, I'm, I'm from, you know, I'm from Alabama, so I'm not as familiar with the term hot as molasses. <laughs> Can you unpack that for me? We're talking about
1: Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Famously, in my family, the movie that had my mom and my aunt and probably my sister, I can't remember she was there too, sobbing. And me being, I don't know what, we were like eight or something, seven or eight when this came out, just being very confused. I want to watch He Man. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, there's not any action scenes in this entire movie. (laughs) Zero fighter planes, zero karate. (laughs) This is bullshit.
0: Uh, I also uh, had a mother who was affected uh, emotionally by this movie. I remember we rented this a lot. I think we talked in, what was the last movie we talked about where I said this? It was one of those movies that we rented a lot. Oh, like Stargate. (laughs) We rented this movie a lot on a regular basis. Uh, Mom absolutely loved uh, Steel Magnolias. I thought of it as a mom movie, but I, oh, it was also one of the ones that I actually liked. So I watched it a lot. I really identified with Weeza, who's Shirley MacLaine's character, who, Mm. uh, per the line in the movie, she's been in a bad mood for the past 40 years. But it was it was a fun movie. It also is a prime example of play dialogue because uh, it is a, an adaptive yeah. play. So it's, it's definitely got that play feel where they're just constantly at the same set they got set up over here. Oh, and they they, they they like
1: over-dialogue. A bit right. where you're like, you say things were like, like we were making fun of a second ago. Well, come into the house that's right here. Sit, sit down on that sofa. Kick your feet up. Like, just like if it was not adapted from a play, you would just come in and sit down.
0: Well, how's your small business going that you've been running for the past six years?
1: <laughs> this also reminds me because I don't even know if Sweet Tea is involved in this, but it feels like it because it's, you know, set in the South End. It always reminds me of our bit that we had when we were roommates, which is that there's a brand of sweet tea called Milo's, <laughs> and we used to always call, we used to always call it Milosh because it's spelled the same except for without the apostrophe, and pretend we were a a Russian pretending he was from Alabama selling this sweet tea. It was some sort of I don't know what the grift was, but clearly it was some sort
0: of Well, I mean, thing I think he was just both. he was just trying to uh convey his southernness because people wouldn't want to buy, you know, sweet tea from a Russian man named Milosh. So he's yeah. like, Hello, I am Milosh. Please <laughs> have my sweet tea. I remember growing up in Savannah, my mother Desiree uh would make this sweet tea uh while we fanned ourselves with those fans that you would get in your Presbyterian churches. Uh <laughs> with uh, arnold there yeah God. it's swung into schwarzenegger really quick
1: my, you sister, know, not an my sister katya would be coming back from standing in the bread line i mean uh going the ball line. <laughs> anyway that's not anything to do with this movie so we got you you already mentioned shirley O'Claire. we got the dearly departed olympia dukakis yes our trip. This is part her.
0: of the Olympia Dukakis trilogy that I uh, declare as Moonstruck, uh, Steel Magnolias, of course, and Look Who's Talking. Oddly uh, <laughs> enough,
1: this is, I'm sure she'd appreciate <laughs> you sort of encapsulating her career in those. Godspeed, Olympia, and uh, Julia Roberts. Obviously, is Sally Field in this? Sally Field is in okay, this. Sally Field, Sally Field, A.K.A. my mom.
0: Aka, I mean, she is, of course, the namesake for the Sally Field Award that we give out, uh, yes, sporadically okay. on this podcast for what is it, best scene in a movie? Yeah, one single scene
1: for her for her work in Mrs. Doubtfire. The whole time.
0: The, the whole
1: time. I know. I, I know believe she Sally... has a Sally Field, at least nominated, uh, <laughs> Sally Field Award <laughs> nominated scene in this movie. Oh, okay, good, good, good. That'll that'll Buckle be up. that'll be exciting for her. She, I know she'll finally win that award. She has her name on. I know that at least for a period of time, Sally Field was America's mom. But she sort of looks like my mom, and so I cannot help but picture her. And she always plays like sort of matronly roles, like like that's kind of like
0: like Mary at, Todd Lincoln, for example. Right? Yeah. I mean, technically, <laughs> uh, we also have. Uh, I said Shirley McLean, Dolly, Daryl Hannah. Oh, yeah, Dolly's in this. That's Yeah, come that's, on. What the fuck? Yeah. She's the one with the sweet tea. It's yeah, her hairstyling salon. That's right. Um, I feel like I, we're missing someone in there. Tom Skerritt. <laughs> could that yeah. be who we're missing? Is he the husband? He's, uh, yeah, Sally Field's husband. Okay.
1: I feel like I have also seen this play. Oh. Um, I think it was a, like, a college production that my friend is in. But I'm trying to remember. But I could be... Conflating it with a different Because I think I also saw One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest there So that might be I might be conflating Two different experiences I
0: confuse those two a lot Because <laughs> they both involve the A Native American Smothering someone to death <laughs> That's what That's why I Jeez. think of them together Sorry Dolly Once, once again
1: Olympia Dukakis Doing masterful work
0: <laughs> Dolly When she smothers you Just turn your head slightly And you'll be able to breathe fine Yeah it's, Thanks honey We want a stage smother <laughs> But all I remember, okay.
1: Obviously, spoiler if you haven't seen this, but I remember Julie Roberts dies, right? That's Uh, she does die of diabetes. Yeah, she. So that's drink your juice. She has like a. She goes into insulin shock, and then and uh, uh, would you please tell them the other bit that lives on forever? Uh, the drink your juice, Shelby bit. Uh, (laughs) Well. Wait, no, what no, is no. the bit? Is the bit not just saying drink your juice, Shelby? Well, so we used to live off of a, a, a street um, called Shelby Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Our national listeners will know no what we're talking about. about, about. This. And every time we go to it, we would say <laughs> Shelby Avenue. But your friend Jeff, I don't remember if you told me about it or if I, if I was in the car when this happened, but we would say that. And I think he was very much into that. Or he might have started it. Jeff loves a
0: joke that uh, eventually just works its way into his bloodstream so that even if you just turn on to Shelby, there's a complete lull in the conversation. No one is talking. You'll just hear him mutter under his voice, drink a juice, Shelby. Drink drink a juice, Shelby. (laughs) And then, so,
1: Shelby turns into a different street uh, when turns into Korean Veterans (laughs) Boulevard. (laughs) So, we would take it and then say... Drink your juice, Korean veterans. <laughs> so stupid. I don't know if this
0: is worth telling you, everyone. I do love it though. Drink your juice. Drink your juice, Korean <laughs> veterans. I have cookies. No juice is better for Korean veterans.
1: <laughs> Thank you for your service. So, I, is that the big? Is that the big cry moment? Is that why I? thought my mom and my aunt were dying when we watched this. Cause
0: yeah, because... well, I mean, uh, th- that is the big climax is that, uh, Julie Roberts character dies. Uh, and then Sally Field gets what I think will be, I'm not showing my hand, but what I think will be a Sally Field award nominated scene, uh, at, uh, the graveyard. Um, okay, she gets she gets to cry, which is one of Sally Field's many talents.
1: This is the one where they're at the funeral and Sally Fields having her speech, but then Spider-Man, walk, Peter Parker, walks away, realizes that he can't be with MJ because he'll always put her in danger because of his responsibilities with the power and whatnot.
0: No, 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 you are. I can't believe, I mean, you're really embarrassing yourself. This is the one where, um, Sally field, uh, is there of course. And it's right after she gets married to Axel Rose and one of the guests dives into the cake and (laughs) then it immediately smash cuts to a Julia Roberts funeral. Sally fields there. She's wearing a very long, uh, you know, uh, black trench coat and but she's got a white bandana around her head because you know she's mourning. Um and you never know what Julia Roberts died for him, but she is uh she is in a casket that splits her in half so there's like a weird mirror effect and you yeah. never it's very mysterious like what happened did they throw acid on Julia Roberts? Uh it's great and then slash has that that great, uh solo the, the church. Solo. But yeah. it's not the same church so you're like did he travel to a different church? <laughs> I appreciate you trying to correct me,
1: but that's actually this is the one where Sally Field is uh, standing at the uh, at the funeral and she uh, sings dust in the wind and says, you're my boy blue. Uh Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny.
0: It's very funny. It's funny because, I mean, Julia Roberts was, was so old. Her character was so old in this that you knew eventually she was going right. to die. Right. She was just too old to be in a fraternity. Part of the comedy was that she was so old and in a fraternity. The very
1: idea of befriending an elderly
0: man <laughs> is comedy.
1: <laughs> I think we know that. I'm out of funerals. Yeah, that's the Well, there's that one that was like... Uh, a. Funeral. Sally Field was there, and then there's also four weddings, but I don't know <laughs> much about the details of it. Okay, so we're gonna watch Seal Magnolias*. I think I'm going to I'm gonna make a little prediction here Um because this was definitely one I dismissed as a kid. Like, this is a girl movie, and I was <laughs> young enough where, yeah, I was young enough where it was more just understandable that I would do that. But I also think I think I'm going to enjoy this because I think that is a gifted slate of uh, actresses and. I think. And uh, Scarrots. I actually. And Tom Scarrots. I, uh, generally speaking, the sort of like emotional heartstring pulling movies, even though I know I'm being manipulated, I'm kind of here for it. Like the, the family love, the togetherness, the unity, especially after the hard, you know, the, the hard, uh, you know a past year or so that we've had, like that's going to get me. I, th- I guarantee it
0: guaranteed. Um, yeah, I have I have a feeling. I mean, it's been probably maybe maybe 10 Ten years, maybe even more, since I've seen this movie, I feel like there is a, a gay Olympia Dukakis movie divide, north and south, much like the Mason Dixon line. There's the Moonstruck okay. north and the Steel Magnolias south. Oh, and never um, betwixt shall shall mingle. I don't know if they, uh, you know, there's uh, there's probably a few Kentuckians who some split up, who went up to to <laughs> Moonstruck and some went down to <laughs> went down to Steel Magnolias. Um, That's actually but, how
1: new line cinemas started because there was line cinemas, <laughs> and then. They- <laughs> They wanted they had to, to join a new line. They wanted to join Moonstruck. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, Are you? Is anyone following? Is anybody left that's following what we're talking about?
0: I've fallen onto the Moonstruck divide, but so it's been a while since I've seen a Steel Magnolias. Okay. But I do think I'll love it. I still remember lots of it. So, fucking cut, cut the verdict now. Cut the verdict now. Who cares? On this, this may be a reason to uh,
1: talk in a different movie, or in a different episode, but. I've never seen
0: Moonstruck. So. Oh, it's so good. Maybe we can save that for Valentine's Day. Oh, Valentine's. Valentine's.
1: All right, we're going to watch Seal Magnolias. Watch along with us. We'll be right back.
0: Eno Damon. Oh, Southern DJ. I'm sorry. I thought... I thought, Ohio, Ohio DJ was here, but Southern DJ. I welcome you to the to the show. Um, how how are you? Your ho- your podcast
1: hosting is slickered and snot on a on a doorbell.
0: Yeah, you know uh, you're not the first person to say it. I think I might be. I think I might have been the first person to say those words in oh, that order. Now, where what part of the South are you from? Because your accent sort of comes in and out, doesn't it? Well, you know,
1: uh, I'm from Chimcham uh parish <laughs> yes. Louisiana, hmm one of my favorite and of the parishes. one of our favorite things to do down here, mhm-, was to eat the heads off a of crawfish, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, skitter on over to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot and support the podcast of our choice, which is patreon.com uh, slash your, sorry, which is your inner child is an idiot. I forgot the name of the podcast for
0: a second there. <laughs> well, That's how I mean, much I love it. It's second nature to me. I don't even need to think about it. Much like, uh, you know, uh, other states might call them counties, but we call them parishes. You know, mm-hmm, uh, this mm-hmm, podcast is called mm-hmm. Your Inner Child is an Idiot. Up above the Mason-Dixon line, but down south, it's just called Bless Your Heart. That's probably an oh, do actual. Oh, you like that movie? Bless your heart.
1: <laughs> that's probably an actual other podcast. So just stick with "Your Inner Child is an Idiot" because most people will know what you're talking about, and we'll just be our little secret, okay? We couldn't get
0: the three hundred one redirect from <laughs> "Bless Your Heart" over to "Your Inner Child is an Idiot," so just stick <laughs> with that one. <laughs> Patreon.com slash your inner child. Is an idiot.
1: And we are back. We're back from watching Steel Magnolias, Steely Mags, as they oh. as they call it. You, Do you know, remember
0: when Shaquille O'Neal was in it was in Steel? Steel,
1: and then um... that was a sequel to this one. footnote Magnolias, yeah. right? Steel colon Magnolias. <laughs> this, this, this is the sequel. The sequel. I forgot Daryl Hannah was in this one. Oh, a big, surprise! Big Daryl, big Daryl movie for her. Just, the, uh, just before we even get into it, we need to recap this movie, but my claim to fame, the reason I'm most famous, I walked by Daryl H- Hannah once in a hallway, so. And what did you say to her? No, absolutely nothing. Loved you in Splash, Daryl. I didn't actually recognize her because, uh, she looks much different. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, say anything other than that because I don't want to, I'm sure it's difficult to be an aging actress. Is this because she had her eye
0: removed surgically for Kill Bill? (laughs)
1: Yes. And, you know, it was an artistic choice, and I respect it. Please recap this movie. Thank you.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, hello. Uh, As your employer, I'm asking
1: you to do this for me. Uh,
0: Well, *Still Magnolias 1989 opens uh, with some various shots of beautiful, beautiful southern homes built by... Someone. And uh, we, we are open on the uh, wedding day of Shelby. She's marrying handsome man number one, Dylan McDermott, and uh, Sally Field is her mother. Tom Scarrett, fresh off the Nostromo, back home on earth, is uh, her father. But she needs to get her hair done before her wedding. Uh, she, yeah. she heads over to Trudy's Beauty Spot. Uh, Trudy. Truby. Oh, Truvies, Truvy. sorry, no. my, my, my bad. You were um, using uh, an actual name. You know, I bought a, I bought a hammer at a Truvi back when yeah. they used to have them, but right. then they got bought out by Ace Hardware. And then it's like Aces Truvies.
1: It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs>
0: Truvies Ace Hardware? Just Is it Aces or is it
1: Truvies? Just be the new name. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, Ruth's Chris. What
0: is that? <laughs> Most of this movie takes place in Truvy's beauty spot. And we follow up with uh, Shelby, of course, her mother, her mother, Melan. Melan?
1: Melan. Is it may Lynn that gets shortened to M apostrophe L-Y-N-N?
0: I don't know if the, 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 the playbill went into that. Okay. All right. And then, of course, uh, eventually we meet up with Clarie the former first lady of the town that in which they live. Of course, Truvy, played by Dolly Parton. We have, what's Daryl Hannah's name?
1: What is her name?
0: And, oh, what? Uh, Anel? Yes, Anel. Anel. And then eventually, of course, we meet the richest woman in town, Weasel. Weasel. Played by Sherlyn McLean. The important thing is that Shelby is diabetic, and like any diabetic you've met in your life, that is a death sentence for her. So eventually, we're just we're just counting down the minutes, and uh, she gets married to Dylan McDermott. And eventually, you know, a few months later, she comes back and gets her hair done for another purpose. We find out that she can't have children. Then a few months later, she comes back for Christmas. We find out she can have children, or she is going she to have a children, but she shouldn't, shouldn't have a child, according to her doctor. We also find out she's on dialysis. She decides to get her hair cut real short a few months later, so she's back at Truvy's Beauty Spot and... Uh, gets a ki- kidney transplant from Gets a kidney transplant Malin. from Malin. The transplant doesn't take. A few months later, we find out, and she dies. Malin is uh, very sad and gets a very Sally Field uh, dramatic scene. Mm. Will it win the Sally Field a Scene Award? I don't know. We'll just have to see on, at the end of the podcast. Stay
1: tuned for several minutes.
0: Uh, and all the women uh, realize they've bonded so close just by having their hair cut together. Yeah. Did I miss anything?
1: There's a new Shelby. Oh, and Nell
0: goes through various stages of Christianity.
1: Yes. Well, and then she has a, a baby and she's going to name True. Shelby. And
0: it's the second
1: life. Sung by Dolly Parton in this version. That's um, a good Dolly Parton impression, though.
0: I got <laughs> in the circle, get a
1: chuckle in there. That's a that's a classic. She's got Whoa. like one of those like super warbly. Dolly Parton's amazing. She's a national treasure. She has that. Please super, don't, don't super please fast don't vibrato. Dill McDee's in this. Uh, yeah, first thing I just want to. Immediately, as a as a uh, wedding professional, I just had to say you got to really space out your vendor load-ins better than this. Everybody's just zipping in all at once. The 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 flower people are there, and the, oh, they're like tripping over the cake, and the, everybody's like, "Guys, you've got a day. Start early." Yeah, of course, of course, you're gonna want to get your decorations there. Probably uh, one of the first things because everything's gonna have to go around. You know, flowers uh, maybe a little bit later because mm-hmm. you don't need the first of all as i can tell you you don't need the band setting up the uh, flower people who are all doing a great job by the way not to integrate their profession but catherine um, you're they, doing great if they get there first you know they're staging all over the stage
0: they're staging it's, their flowers you want to stage the stage properly so otherwise <laughs> it's not a stage it's ridiculous uh, um, let me ask you, uh, now, again, as you are a wedding professional, uh, you know, you want to get your decorations in, maybe then the flowers, maybe do, uh, you know, a mic check with the band. When yeah. do you fire guns into the trees to get rid of now that, uh, yeah. parasitic birds? You're going to want to do that as the guests are around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is based on a play, as we discussed, and I, I, I was reading, I don't remember the play that much, so it's just what I was reading. So Have
0: you ever seen the play?
1: I actually have. Oh, okay. But I don't remember it that well. And it was by it was like a college produc- production, so I don't think it they was they say
0: like- that's the Broadway of <laughs> the
1: academic world. I don't think it was especially bad, but it was not especially good either. Mm-hmm. But I guess no, the men aren't actually in the play. Yeah, They're there like are spoken no men in the play at length. But so you know, scared just bringing all of the character color to this,
0: bringing all um, the dick into this. Yeah. Uh, I assume that in the play, there are gunshots going on off stage is the, the feeling I got. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that, but the, the play also all takes place at the beauty spot.
1: Correct. The beauty spot.
0: The, <laughs> you I like to the stop at the beauty spot. spot. That's what it's called. It's called the beauty spot. Oh, is that the Truby's name of it? Truvi's beauty spot.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were just like saying beauty spot. Cause like, I couldn't remember the word price. salon shop or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Coming out. I don't know. The it's beauty. like a place, it's a location, it's like a spot. Come
1: to the hair domicile. Dolly's <laughs> very. Let's go ahead and talk about Dolly. So, she's extremely charming. She's a national treasure. No treasure. one can I believe no she one, would say treasure. <laughs> treasure. No one can say a bad thing about
0: her. But um, you're about to is the
1: feeling I get. <laughs> no, I just want to I just want to be honest because I do love Dolly. I think she's brilliant. I think mm-hmm. she's uh, an incredible uh, business person. She's an incredible musician, mm-hmm. singer, writer, uh, mm-hmm. philanthropist. Yeah. What about actor? Uh, she's okay. okay. She doesn't actively wreck anything, but some sometimes, and she's not the only one in this movie, so it's not like it's her fault either, but the, she is one of the... Actresses that most makes this feel like I'm watching a play And it's like delivered in a little bit Now she has just a lot of natural Charisma that She she's charisma overcomes. to fucking burn <laughs> Yeah so she overcomes a lot of that I think by just being Dolly And you're like yeah I like her That's cool and therefore mm-hmm. you like Truvy Because it's like Yeah, but there's not a lot of sunlight
0: between Truvy and Dolly,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, and I don't think apparently the director of this
0: movie where I was reading I mean aside from a million dollars I just realized like millions (laughs) upon millions of dollars That's the only sunlight that there is (laughs) Yes, a lot of financial sunlight
1: charisma sunlight not as much But I just want to get that out there because I do think and I think that people may be mad Because everybody loves Dolly and I also love Dolly, but I just want to like I just think we got to be honest She's not the strongest actress ever.
0: Well, this is one of those times where you know it's thankful, it's good that we are in the middle of a pandemic because I would skin you alive if I was anywhere near you. How dare you impugn this is a the Sandy good Bullock name moment, isn't it? Of Dolly Parton. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, it it's it's very hard to realize, but I think like. This isn't my first time watching this particular rodeo. And I think there are a few times where I'm like, why is she saying it like that? There were, I think <laughs> the line that stuck out to me was that they were sort of gossiping about Inel, yeah. is a nail. Dara Hannah's character is a Christian who goes in and out of uh, how uh, horny for Jesus she is yeah. <laughs> uh, throughout this movie. And she's finding her way. At, at one point, she becomes a little bit more evangelical and uh, they're all sort of gossiping about her. And uh, Dolly's talking about Anel's boyfriend, and I think Dolly says, "Well, you know, I knew she, he knew that uh, he wasn't going to be the only man in her life, but I don't think she he realized that she was going to have the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost." And to me, like it was like this, just really uh, quick read of what is a funny line in that yeah. it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, like so, it's yeah, these be three, like three other men. You see, Do you see? Um, but she just sort of cruises through it, and I, it's it's. It's It's a very nitpicky thing to like get into because she is Dolly Parton and she just has so much charm to her that it's hard to hold it against her. But there are a few times where she very, very feel very much feels somewhat stilted. But there is part of me that does hold that more against the fact that we are watching an adapted play adapted by its own playwright. Is that not the case? Yeah, I think so. Rather than Dolly, because the, right. the, like she has a lot to do in those first scenes when Annel appears for her first day of work, yes. where yeah. it's Dolly is just like talking she, at at great length about a variety of characters we won't meet, just sort of like establishing her as sort of a little bit of a town gossip, yeah, as you'd expect from the town. Uh, me and Tyler, her, the, in that speech, she has a line talking about some other woman. Her whole life has been an experiment in terror. <laughs> was one of dolly's lines i just think she has a lot to do as sort of like she's she's not the star of this because it's very much an ensemble piece but she's like definitely carrying the exposition uh, yeah a lot of like uh plot weight is put on dolly's shoulders and i don't know if that's really her strength um no matter what christmas on the square on netflix would have me believe one like so to be fair
1: to dolly like she gets the bulk of that first, but we, you know, we also get Daryl Hannah right after that, and then we get um, Julie Roberts coming in, and then uh, and Sally Field, and I, they, they help lessen the load. But it's not until Shirley MacLaine appears as Weeza that you're like, oh. <laughs> That's am- she's amazing,
0: and part of it's the character. Like she comes in it, and- but it's just like she is sort of given the broadest. Well, I mean, Olympia Dukakis's character of Clarie and then Shirley MacLaine's character of Weezer are sort of the broadest characters uh and yeah. they're also both kind of comic relief characters but well, wait, we, and Olympia Dukakis uh god rest her soul
1: is doing like a like a genteel Mae West <laughs> the whole time she's like she's like
0: oh why don't, you... why don't you come up and see me sometime at my plantation home
1: oh. what was oh. that What was the thing she says? If you ain't got nothing nice to say, come sit next to me. Come sit next to me, (laughs) yeah. And at first you're like, at first you're like, yeah. At first you're like, oh, that's funny, and then she's just like, oh, she's gonna do every line like that.
0: (laughs) So you're like a drag queen? Is that the (laughs) the idea here? I would say though, I think uh, Dolly has a lot of uh, charm to burn, uh, so I don't hold as much uh, against her on this. But Julia Roberts sort of plays the heart of this movie, Shelby. And first off if the Southern accents got any stronger in this movie, they would get up and walk around and pour themselves a sweet tea. Like it's, (laughs) it starts to border on ludicrous. Uh, but I have to say that maybe Julia Roberts is the absolute worst Southern accent in this. It's very much like, uh, the pretty girl got cast (laughs) in the school play and she plays a Southern woman. And it's so out of control with the accent that, I, I like sometimes I had to pause it and just take a break because I was starting to break a sweat. <laughs> like it was
1: too much. Well, and she uh, like, and this is not. I don't think Julia Roberts did this badly, but the character of Shelby is not all that likable. Like you feel sympathetic to her, but she's kind of like she's charming because Julia Roberts is, is has some natural charm too. But like she's kind hard of hard pass on that one. <laughs> Well, I just think like she's kind of a whiny bride to be, like at the beginning, and then she's you kind of like her Spitfire ness, like because she's like I, you know, being having a child is really important to her, so she decides it's what like, worth her health risk to do it. And, and, but and, but you don't. There's a little bit too much telling, not showing of that, of like her like caring. She's just like I care about this, and they're like, did you did you care about this? I don't know. I just didn't get.
0: Well, I think part of that is maybe just the structure of this story in that, I mean, the the impression I get is that the, the play is, you know, every, so month, every few months pass, and everyone returns to the hair salon to get their hair done, and then they recap right. everything that's happened. That's at least the impression I've gotten. Yeah. And then this movie fleshes it out a little bit more, but still, that is the core of how this story progresses, is that every right. few months, everyone goes to get their hair done at Truvy's beauty spot. My thing with Julia Roberts is that I wonder, having watched this, if that... My my vibe on her is that she is a brat. Her character is kind yes. of a spoiled brat. Yeah. And I can't tell if that is something that is part of the play or if that is something that her character is now sort of is colored a little bit in just, like, the time we live in now, where we are familiar with bridezillas. We're familiar right. with, you know, the white lady who wants this type of wedding where she has two very distinct, at least in her eyes, uh, colors of pink and pink as her, 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 her uh, wedding colors. And she seems a little bit of a brat and, like, kind of... I mean, in a, somewhat in a, in a realistic way, like, you know, she's very young. The impression I got was that she's in her very early 20s in this right. when she gets married. And, you know, she's always sort of fought with her mom. And that's another instance in the movie where I agree with you that, like, it was a lot of, like, telling me how she likes to fight with her mom more than, yeah. like, actually showing me. Although we do get a lot of we her get a being bit, a snarky with her mom. Yeah. But I think, though, the introduction we get to it is, of course, the famous scene where she has, uh, when her insulin drops and she, they have to get her juice or it's not that she has the her insulin drops she has too much insulin she hasn't right. eaten is the impression I got yep. was that she hadn't eaten and so they get some juice in her system to counterbalance the insulin but she like turns into a brat like instantaneously upon you know her episode starting and I mean that might be true to life but it was this weird moment where she just starts you know, Shaking her head and, and, and scratching at her hairdo and she won't juice. drink her yeah. juice, yeah. for example. Yeah. Uh, hence why uh, she has to be begged to drink her juice, Shelby. I don't know. I yeah, I had a tr- I had trouble like connecting with her character because I went to school in Tennessee. I know many a girl who uh, wanted her blush and bashful wedding to be as large and as filled with white people as, as <laughs> Shelby's was. And uh, so she always, she kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. She probably left a bad taste in my mouth at the time, but I think as time has gone on, Shelby is less and less a likable character. And I'm hesitant to say that mostly because I know that the playwright based Shelby on his sister. So I, right. I don't want to bash her too much because I don't know how true to life she is. But she wasn't a character that I really wanted to spend much time with because she did yeah. seem
1: like a brat. I mean, you do see Melin being like, pretty overbearing and not just in the like you see her being kind of overbearing and then you see why cause she's right. yes. because she's overprotective because she's you know physically got all the uh, got these issues that have been i'm sure a real struggle for her up to this point and you but before that you see like you see melin say i like i can't even remember what she says i all i wrote was why would you tell everyone that mom holy shit that's what i wrote down <laughs> what was i talking about i don't I remember no well, yeah, we see, we see her kind of being overbearing, but then we uh, immediately get, or like shortly thereafter, we get uh, Shelby's, uh, you know, attack, her her uh, insulin attack or insulin shock. What is it? I don't remember what it's called. We should probably get into that. Like, I don't know a lot about type 1 diabetes, but apparently some people in the diabetic community do not appreciate this because it's like, it's like shows like a worst case scenario because they're, you know, what there are many, I know many people with uh type one diabetes that I have uh, managed it. But it's also in an earlier time when there was the, not that like 1989 was centuries ago, but you know, there's a lot of things that have come a long way as far as the treatment of it. So, and well, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to speak like I I'm super like an authority on it either, but I know that there has been some complaints
0: about this. Right. Yeah. It does seem like this isn't necessarily unrealistic, but it is the worst possible it's a worst case scenario. And I think because the movie and play were so popular, it's, it became very synonymous with dia, diabetics, um, right. in a way. Almost that, as much as the truth about And Oh, of course. the Baby Absolutely. Club. Actually, Another we were, woman sentenced to die at the end of her story. I think that
1: was actually, we were talking about this, like the... Stacy storyline and the babysitter club is actually a bit more realistic because they like they talk about how she's like well she goes to the doctor and then she treats it this way and she can't do this and she has to just monitor her intake and all
0: this stuff and it's like yeah but well, it's and also, also like, it has that aspect you know, of like a, a helicopter mom being very paranoid about her daughter uh being diabetic and Stacey's like look I got it just right. stop, like, hovering over me and let me live, you know, whatever semblance of a normal life, whatever that is that I can, but don't, like, hover over me. Um, right. But, of course, uh, Stacey's kidneys weren't also failing. Right. Yeah, it's clear, clearly she has, like, other health struggles.
1: She just kind of has, has some issues that exacerbate all of it.
0: Right. And I feel like the movie also doesn't go into make an effort to differentiate those troubles that not only does she have diabetes, but she has this kidney issue. That seems to be a problem that, that causes her to have to get dialysis. That is kidneys, right? Yes, Your honor. Okay. And then, I mean, diabetics give birth to children on a regular basis. Right. I assume. So yeah, it, it, I think it's almost like a movie that's cursed by, or not even a movie that's cursed by its own popularity, but like uh, a community that is ill-served by as popular a movie as this was, that it became uh, so, so popular. I remember I was listening to a comedian I like, who was also diabetic, Ed Gamble. Um, He was not complaining about Steel Magnolias, but he was complaining about Con Air... (laughs) <laughs> um, I feel like we should, which also has a diabetic character in it, uh, right. who slips into diabetic shock at one point on the uh, titular flight. And he his problem is that he doesn't have enough insulin. And mm. so, uh, or wait, what is it? Actually, he goes into the same problem that that she has, which is he has not eaten in a while and he starts to have too much insulin in his system and the movie knowing nothing about how diabetics work gives him more insulin and ed gamble would like to let everyone know that that would kill him immediately <laughs> <laughs> but so movies uh, even you know a movie like con air that came out almost 10 years after this don't have a good track record with a very common chronic disease like diabetes uh, not getting the facts very right but i mean yeah. this and i'm just, sure just I'm, seems like, like stumbling over as well
1: because i don't I, i'm not Considering right. myself like super well educated. Both on of us produce
0: insulin as expected. Um so, <laughs> We're lucky enough know. to
1: to have uh right. not have to worry about that at this current moment. I don't want to brag. But my body <laughs> produces insulin.
0: Although I mean, I did get the vibe while I was watching that first scene um, that Shelby just kept talking in a way almost like the 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 antithesis of the old weathered cop in an action movie who just keeps telling us how many days he is from retirement. (laughs) Shelby sometimes just loves being alive. She loves life. She loves living it. Uh, She (laughs) she's looking forward to having plenty of babies. Uh, She's looking forward to getting married and spending uh, her old old years, old age years with with Dylan McDermott and it's like <laughs> the breaks Shelby let's just see how this all turns out 90 minutes from now can't, can't wait to never
1: drink juice again
0: my only note is I love living forever <laughs> <laughs> also I don't I don't want to get into too granular a detail but were yeah. you as concerned because the first uh, the first uh, segment of this movie takes place at Easter and, and Daryl Hannah is helping Truvy with some Easter eggs she had mm-hmm. died and she's carrying these Easter eggs they're they're you know do, like two dozen cartons that She keeps carrying out and she's putting them in Truvy's car and she's just stacking them up on top of each other. So they're about like, they were in egg cartons though. Those stack. No, they were. But I mean, she just stacked them on top of each other. They were very much outside of the trunk. Like they were stacked so high. They were like at eye level at the very top. And my only note was like, what's the plan with these eggs here, Daryl? Yeah, Uh, because I was like, "Are you going to like move some to the ground and then push them back? Like, what's the plan?" Yeah, it seemed definitely uh, set up for exactly what happens, which is someone accidentally slams the trunk on top of them, and all the eggs are ruined.
1: They ruined.
0: Uh, I kind of forgot that. Like, we always
1: had those plastic eggs that you had candy in, and yeah, those were our hiding eggs. The I I forgot that. Like, it's actually the tradition was you have like hard boiled (laughs) (laughs) eggs. Wait, did you not dye any eggs? Because we did both. We would die. Yeah, we would dye eggs, but like, why would you bring pre-dyed eggs? Those are for hiding, right? Like, why else would they bring them? Oh, somewhere? see,
0: we we hid the plastic eggs, and right. the the yeah. hard-boiled eggs were for cracking at the Easter dinner. The play the. Do you ever play the egg cracking game? No. So uh, Harry xanthopoulos would take an egg in his his fist and hold it so that just at the bottom of the fist, just the tiniest little glimpse of the bottom of the egg was visible. Then you took your egg. And so that the tiniest little glimpse of the top of the egg was visible and he would crack it on top of yours. And it's almost like the wishbone, like whoever's egg gave first Mm. is the loser. And then, you know, you have bragging rights or whatever the fuck. I don't know. And then I think Jesus comes back. (laughs) I, I wasn't really clear on that portion of Luke. I was assuming that he was like a, like
1: Guess which one is just a raw egg game, which sounds pretty, pretty messy. That would be up. a punishment for both the loser and the winner. We'd yeah. both be covered in raw egg. All right. Should we talk about uh, racism or Weeza next? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't Put but, it on my
0: tombstone, is what I request. Go. That whole sentence. Should we talk about racism <laughs> or Weeza next? Let's talk about racism because okay. race doesn't come into this movie ever explicitly, but right. it does feel like a Paula Deen family Christmas throughout this whole thing. Like it feels right. like a Paula Deen wet dream. Like, like it's uh, during not, some of these scenes. It's not, it's not like they speak about
1: the issue at all of racism, but everyone like in the wedding is white. Everyone at the Easter festivities is white. And many of the people serving those people are people of color so i think you just
0: summed up american history in a nutshell yeah yeah yeah.
1: it's it's like whenever we do we do gigs sometimes at country clubs and it's always just like it doesn't say whites only anywhere anymore i'm Uh sure it did at one point (laughs) but you'll notice especially check the books especially in certain areas of the country you'll go and like everyone there in the crowd or or that's like uh around in the management is usually white and then everyone who like actually works there is a person of color and you're always just like ah this is uh i don't really know what to do about this in this moment but this is
0: not yeah uh, it's not a great it's not the best look and to put it mildly now, when you talk about in some parts of the country, I'm assuming you mean in the South, you know, some places yes, have yeah. uh, black people as the help or they don't yeah. seem to have any black members. I'm assuming right. in the North, you're talking that there are no Irishmen in the country right. clubs. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's just like, it, obviously racism <laughs> is an issue. Oh yeah. absolutely. What I
0: also <laughs> meant was the North
1: was also terribly racist. Yes, of course. And still, and still isn't in, it's just like, it's, delineated in a very obvious fashion still in many yeah. parts of the south not everywhere everywhere you know what i mean i'm not gonna make huge don't apologize famous, for like, the south <laughs> yeah it's just like well you know I, i'm sure people will get can get defensive about that but it's just like
0: oh i'd hate to offend the southern whites right <laughs> Um, no, I, I know what you meant. There were, there were a lot of times, it but you would, you would see, you know, Melinda and her family walking around, like getting, getting things set up. And then you would see, you know, all the people, all the caterers, I assume in, in the, in the kitchen were black women for the most part, from what I saw. Yeah. yeah it was very, uh, obvious. And I mean, I, I mentioned Paula Dean, but it reminded me of the the shit she got canceled trademark uh for um which was like her weird imagining of a plantation style wedding. Yeah. And it's almost like why did you even have to imagine this? This is a southern wedding. This is how right, they're set right. up. But yeah, it was it was very much and I it was very uh unnerving and it was also I couldn't tell if it was like this is just how the uh, movie was set up? Or if they were like, I don't think they were ever trying to make a commentary about it, but no, if almost it was like, oh yeah, Southern people, this is how their wedding would be set up. They were. I Because it seems so obvious to me, but maybe it wouldn't be so obvious to uh, Eyes of 1989. And by eyes, I mean white people's eyes of 1989.
1: Well, and they were, I think, you know, the playwright slash screen, screenwriter slash, director we're more concerned with the men versus women dynamic.
0: That was, that was what they were drawing attention to subtly. But still and drawing. So subtly. I mean, made a conscious choice to only cast black women as the women.
1: Yeah. I think know, doing I think, the
0: cooking in the, the
1: wedding scene. Well, and I think it's like, that's how you, you get that thing where you're like, I can only do one of these at a time. You know what I mean? We're like, uh-huh. we're being, I guess, somewhat more egalitarian because we're saying like, see, women are strong. But, and men are idiots, which is like, ok. yeah, i'm I'm down for that message. but but also, we can just be sort of like quietly systemically
0: within the movie racist. you know, yeah, I mean, I feel like I understand the logic of like, well, this isn't what this movie's about, but you cast exclusively black women to be the sort of help in this scene, yeah. despite the movie being filmed and presumably set in nineteen eighty nine. Right, I don't know. It's it's just one of those moments
1: where at the very beginning of this movie, I couldn't remember where it was set because Anel has a very like throwback '60s look to her, like she's got the sharp, pointy glasses. And yeah, like, she's got the cat's eye glasses. And then like it wasn't until I saw the first car that was like clearly an a blocky '80s car, like a Tercel or something. Oh yeah, it was just like, oh okay, this is modern times. Or you, what's know, that? Or, a Grand like, Prix? present day for when this movie came out yeah but it was just like oh is this gonna be in the 60s because okay but
0: uh no. no i think she is deliberately a throwback uh '89, right. but she almost looks like a hipster now right because she's yeah. such a throwback at the time that it's almost distracting uh she actually lapped herself and seems cool again right <laughs> by the time you see her now how here's another thing that bothered me. Uh, and this almost like, I almost turned the movie off and I'm sure you, it caught your eyes as well because it was such an egregious, uh, egregious thing to leave in the movie. But, uh, did you see Sally field measuring sugar in a, I was in gonna a say liquid that. cup measure and get the, get the fuck out of here and cracking like 12 eggs without
1: <laughs> straight into the big pot. <laughs> what is she making?
0: Egg soup.
1: She's, Sweet she's egg soup. Cracking eggs straight into a large stock pot
0: and then measuring sugar with a
1: liquid cup, which, okay. And then she
0: was, like, holding it up to her eye. I'm like, just use a dry cup <laughs> measure. You don't have to do this weird stuff. <laughs> Maybe she had used it. It was dirty, so she did the next best thing. Here's something I, I also wanted to bring yeah. up. Uh, this is more of a goof, to use the terminology of IMDb. Louisiana, I don't think I've spent much time in Louisiana, but the leaves, deciduous trees still drop their leaves around Christmas time, correct? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I lived in Texas and it's still, they still drop their leaves. There's a scene where where Annelle and her boyfriend at the time, Bobby, are (laughs) decorating Truvy's beauty spot for Christmas and... Boy, it's a green Christmas. It's a verdant Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) Every sycamore still got its leaves. It was just so distracting. And it's one of those things that always reminds me of like Hallmark movies where they're obviously like filmed in June. They shot uh, it in like 14 days. They're they're, they're always like, fuck it. Just put some cotton on the ground for snow. Who cares? (laughs) And the viewers are like, not us. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I'm stoned out of my mind. I'm just watching this for a laugh. Who gives a shit? I also am reminded of like... Like Great British Bake Off, they always have a Christmas special, but they obviously film it in like in like in August. <laughs> and so they, they put as many lights on the tent as they can, but you can still see these like hyper green, like offensively green trees <laughs> behind them. Like, come on, we've all lived through a Christmas above the equator. We all know what's going on here.
1: I want to talk about Weeza.
0: Ooh, I okay, do but... want to talk about Le- Weeza. yes.
1: Shirley MacLaine comes in as such a like, I don't think I don't think even without her that this movie is just awful or something like that but she's such like a it's a tour de force performance and she's such a breath of fresh air the character comes in she's just like a whirlwind of like grumpiness of hilarious grumpiness <laughs> and the the way that her relationship with these women still evolves into like a very loving while still never saying really a kind word to anyone. <laughs> but you can yeah. tell it's just like, and you know, there are people like that and there it's like, it's a, you can tell that they love each other. And at the same time, she, she has almost all of the greatest lines and she has the best delivery of all of them. And I didn't, I knew like, if you had said the word wheeze, I would have been like, Oh yeah. But I didn't
0: remember any of this, but Shirley MacLaine is incredible in this. She's just so good. She is, uh, I think she is why I I like this movie as much as I do. Um, She is is very funny. She's able to, like, deliver those lines. She's able to sort of cut through sort of the saccharine elements of this movie a little bit. Her and Clary, I think both, but much more her, are able to... To uh, cut through that a little bit, she also has a kind of a sweet relationship with Chloe, with Olympia yeah, Dukakis's yeah. character, which it feels like again because those scenes for the most part do not happen in the the beauty salon makes me feel like they are not part of the original play. Right. Um, that they do sort of flesh out their their relationship a little bit better. She
1: totally works. It makes sense. They're the same like generation. They're the older women of this group. But they also they have
0: there. like they're they're both on opposite sides of 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 a spectrum, whatever spectrum that is, I don't know. Grumpiness and just cheerf- weird cheerfulness, right? But uh, you know, Clarie has that that plantation owning Mae West vibe. But Weeza, uh, you know, she is sort of a stick in the mud, and she doesn't, you know, want to get too close to anyone. But you also can tell she does care about these people, and, and yeah. shows it in her own way. There's a few moments, and I say this as a person who oftentimes will say something uh, very cynical and uh, curt. And then realize, oh, I just sound like an asshole. I think I sound very charming, but I just right. sound like an asshole. And there is a scene where Weeza, you know, she makes a joke that because she's a Southern woman, Southern women just do three things. I don't remember what the first two are, but it, and the other one is grow tomatoes uh, that they won't use. And so she's just like getting rid of tomatoes she's grown to all the women in the, in the beauty shop. And, then and, and on she them. says, that's the sooner my body goes out, the better. And that's when they realize that... Uh, Shelby's Shelby. on dialysis. And yeah. she immediately regrets, like, I shouldn't have said I'm waiting for my body to go out, which right. definitely sound, feels like a Damon moment where, yeah. oh, I, I had too many gin and tonics and I said something mean. <laughs> I, I, yeah, she's absolutely amazing. I'm also amazed because, again, there are no men in the original play, but her and Tom Skerritt's relationship that rivalry is so is, yeah. uh, fun. It's it's only comes up in, like, uh, fits and spurts. Don't say spurts. And they're Not just, the like, phrase. so charming. <laughs> <laughs> They're so charming together. Like, he'll he'll slap her on the butt in a playful way. And, you know, it's just to get on her nerves because uh, she's mad that he's been shooting guns into these trees. And you can already tell, like, they already have, like, animosity towards each other. Because right. they reference a fight over a magnolia tree that may be on their the border of their two homes, uh, their, their property line. So uh, they already have animosity. But, yeah, he's firing guns in the trees, stressing her dog out. He's losing his hair. But, but also that doesn't carry over to Malin. Like there's an understanding with the Like right. this has nothing to do with Malin. This is me and, and Tom Skerritt's problem. Yeah. She's amazing. Yes, she is amazing. And there's this great scene with her, a very brief moment with her and Cl- Clary again, uh, where they're leaving the Christmas party at Malin's and is like, can you walk me home? And Gloria's yeah. like, you live right over there. <laughs> and she's like, you've seen the news today. Walk me home. Uh, and that's when they get the line the, the older you get, the sillier you get. And then Weezer says, the older you get, the uglier you get. Just mean. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever wish, as someone who used to
1: smoke, do you ever, do you ever wish that you w- could take it back up just so you could use a holder, like a cigarette holder, like Weezer <laughs> does in this?
0: DJ. Uh, I, I can't tell if this speaks ill of our friendship or greatly of our friendship <laughs> that you think I never had a cigarette holder that I would <laughs> uh, smoke cigarettes out <laughs> at parties. I've, have a hugely long cigarette holder, Cruella De Vil length, uh, smoking out of a cigarette holder like a fucking <laughs> lunatic. I, I was one you. step away from getting a pipe. <laughs> Like it's deranged what I was doing with
1: my cigarettes. I knew you when you smoked, though, and you never busted that out. Were you? Oh like, no! Well,
0: even when I'm I graduated college, man, I was I, can't, like, do I that. can't,
1: I can't do that. That's like me with fedoras. It was a phase. <laughs> I've moved on. I, I recognize that it was a mistake.
0: But cigarette it happens to the best of us. Cigarette holders and fedoras happen to the best of us. <laughs> Together, though, you can be shot on sight in some yeah, states. Yeah, don't. You can't do those both at the same time. But no, there there was a little bit of uh, Weezer smoking. Uh, I, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes when I see the right person smoking, I'm like, ah, smoking. What have you been up to recently? And they're, they're like, like, and smoking's like going up in price. So get act He's now get out before I'm too much. Do you
1: have more to say about the men in this movie, or have we kind of covered it?
0: I mean, Tom Skerritt is the only real, uh, well, actually, that that isn't isn't true. You have the the, the brothers who are almost like, they could be just the Andy and Ollie from Bob's Burgers from all I know. They're just like little twerps, I guess, for lack of a better word. Dolly's husband, I was going to say, who's played by uh, playwright Sam Shepard, he's almost like... There was part of me that was like, this guy's a dick. And there was also part of me that was like, this guy's suffering from depression, Dolly. And I feel like you need to help him find find help. Yeah. Because uh, th- there are a few times where you get the impression that he was a lot more active when they were younger. Right. And there's a sad scene like during the Christmas portion of this. Where she comes home, she brought fried chicken from, I don't know, some Louisiana nonsense that they were <laughs> at. She brings home fried chicken, and she wants to go drive around, I think drive around the neighborhood and look at the Christmas lights. Yeah, And he's like, I don't want to do that. And she's like, we always do that. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm fine right here. And it's like, it's not like in a way that where I'm like, oh my God, Dolly, get out of this relationship. But it's like, I think he... He reminded me of like depression is what it yeah. reminded me of, of just like, I don't have interest in things I used to have interest in and I just want to sit here and watch the game. And I know she hints at that maybe he works in construction and he's not getting the work that well, he, he works used on to oil rig at one point. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he pops in. There was also uh, Dolly has a son Dolly and, and, yeah. and sh- what is stud? What is his spud? Spud yeah jesus dolly and spud her husband have a son he only pops up very so infrequently that i kept forgetting about him yeah and he seems like an asshole yeah he's like kind of a punk like he drives around on a motorcycle he has blue hair i think at the start of the the show and he like says a bad word or not a he says a bad thing about daryl hannah's character he's like why'd you hire her Almost like, because she's replacing a woman named Judy that we never see, right. and it was almost like, did you have a thing with Judy? Well, why are, are you we so upset about, about this? Yeah. And then later he pops in at the very end, and sort of when 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 Gerald uh, Hannah's character is giving birth, Bobby, her her boyfriend or husband or whatever. Um, he hops on the back of this guy's motorcycle to go to the hospital. But he's so infrequently used that I just keep forgetting. And he also yeah. seems, I mean, I know that Dolly's had plastic surgery and and all that, but it, it's hard to, then it's that makes it hard to gauge like what age she's supposed to be in this right. movie. So when her son pops out and he's like, I don't know, 23, I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? What are you talking <laughs> about her son? I think when, when
1: Dolly comes back from Shelby's funeral or something, he's like, Says something like,
0: "I don't know what I would do if I lost you." Like, I think that's when they're about to head out to the funeral. But yeah, yeah. I think he's sitting in the salon yeah. chairs and he's playing with the wax. The which is like leg wax, such a like
1: emotionally abusive thing. He gives her like the tiniest sliver <laughs> of like of a lovely thing, mm-hmm. and just like you're supposed to just like cherish that. And it's like, fuck you, dude. Like, so you're on the opposite end of like it's not depression. He's just an asshole. I mean, it could be either. I think. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Like, I'm not mad about... Like, I think the point of this is, like, this is a story about the women and the men are uh, almost cartoonishly useless. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. Like, that's cool. That's, like, the theme of the... I'm not, like, offended as a man or anything like that. But I do think it's, like, a little bit... Why are they even in this? You know what I mean? And I think it was just they wanted to, I guess, flesh out some of the stuff from the play. But it was just kind of like, these men are useless. The characters are useless. And also, I don't think they add anything by showing, other than Tom Skerritt, which was also like some fun comic relief. And the brothers are kind of fun too. But (laughs) I didn't get much out of anybody, any other men, including like Anel's... I didn't kind of understand why we were...
0: Yeah, about they that. have I sort guess, of just... a love story, but because the story jumps around so many, in such yeah. like time bursts that we don't really get to sort of follow their love story, we just see them sort of almost in vignettes of like different stages yeah. of their relationship. Yeah, I think I'm on your side. As much as I'd hate to lose Tom Skerritt's character, who adds like a really uh, chaotic, good element <laughs> to this movie, uh, a very Caddyshack vibe. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is part of me that thinks like you could probably do without the Men in this, just like in this stage play, like yeah. it might make it a little more awkward in a movie like this, um, rather than in a play where you can have things happening off stage much more believably in a play than than you can in a in a movie. Where I feel like in a movie it might start to come off as like Maris and Fraser. It's like, why are you deliberately not showing right, this yeah. person to me? But yeah, there is a part of me that that thinks the the men aren't necessarily useful. You do get a little bit more from Tom Scare- because we see him, of course, at Shelby's Shelby's sickness and death. But right. yeah, every other man is is almost completely uh, waste of space as much well, as I could... appreciate they got Sam Shepard for this. It seems
1: it just yeah, seems why it seems weird, <laughs> and then we get Sally Field really takes over like the third act of this movie. like it becomes like her like really centered around Melinda's grief dealing with Shelby's coma and then eventual death and then like we get her at first so I knew that there was this big I don't know if it's just like from memory or there's like I feel like this is a thing people know about which is the cemetery scene like Sally Field cemetery scene is Mm -hmm. like famous at least in my mind I don't know if it actually is like and I forgot about like what exactly it was about the cemetery scene at first. And she does a really good job. Like I knew she had like some big scene later, and she's sitting at Shelby's side in the hospital, and she's doing a great great performance. But I was like, oh, is this what what it was? And then they have uh, the funeral, and and she's kind of like has this like smaller uh, monologue by the the gravesite, and. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that was good. But then she has her actual scene, which is, she's like, no, fuck this. And then <laughs> has this amazing monologue that is like, oh, okay, this is what we were talking about. And she goes on this just amazing monologue about, you know, how it's unfair and the grief and all that. And it's, it's fucking amazing. But I think that it's, it totally makes up for, I don't think she was my favorite, like, in the early parts. And not just the character, but just like, I, I wasn't like... Totally buying in to Malin, I think, mm-hmm. or her performance as Malin, until we get there, like her dealing with the grief of losing her daughter, and then like it kind of makes it made all the earlier parts of her like overprotectiveness like click in for me. The, I, I almost know, I- it almost made I didn't do it, but it almost made me want to watch it again.
0: Right. Like with that uh, I don't in know. mind, she does. She she works for me very much. So I don't know if she reminds me of like friends' moms when I was growing up. Reminds but... me a lot of my mom. <laughs> she I, she that, that sort of almost helicopter parent, while also like sort of maintaining a sort of emotional distance. I think a little bit. Like mm-hmm. she has a very physical dist- or physical closeness with Shelby. Like always, like sort of watching out, and making sure she doesn't do something that might affect her health. Mm-hmm. And almost like, there's a really good scene, I think, with her and Julia Roberts. The, the egg scene. The egg and the, the egregious uh, sugar in a liquid cup measure <laughs> scene. Uh, so I hope someone was fired for that that egregious mistake. But they have a good heart-to-heart moment where... This is when Shelby reveals that she's pregnant and, and Sally Field is very upset because she knows that the doctor said she shouldn't get right, pregnant. Right. She should avoid getting pregnant. And and uh, Julia Roberts has uh, one of the more famous lines from this where, you know, I'd rather have, you know, 30 minutes of, what does she say? 30 minutes of wonderful than a lifetime of nothing special, which is a little bit maudlin when I say it in my voice, but I feel like it works uh, really well, at least in terms of... Of these women saying those things, like these yeah. women's living, women living in that moment. And I think it just reveals the breadth between these two characters where Malin wants Shelby to live forever, essentially. And Shelby's saying, I don't necessarily want to live forever if I don't get to do the things I've always wanted to do. So I'm going to take this risk and have this baby and if I die, I die is essentially what yeah. she's saying. And wouldn't you, you know, like wouldn't you, Malin, give anything, you
1: know, for right for that opportunity? For, for to be my mother, yeah, which of course she would, you know.
0: And that plays into the speech that Malin gives at the end, which right. is, you know, I'm going to have to spend my life telling this child how wonderful his mother is, and I, you know, what if she says, I, I can, I can run to Texas and back, but she can't because she's dead, and she that was a choice that Shelby Shelby made, even if, if even if it was. not and conscious in yeah. the back of her head she knew that she was taking a risk by by having this baby and yeah. you know uh It's almost cliche, of course, to have a funeral scene where someone's like, I'm mad at God. But she does a really good job of having that I'm mad at God scene without ever really saying I'm mad at God. But she, you know, she screams, I want to know why. And she just screams at the top of her lungs. And uh, Sally Field's great. I love Sally Field. I can't help it. That's why we named uh, that special award that she (laughs) she gets. Will she win? Who knows? (laughs) Stay tuned. She does a great job in what could be a very cliched monologue and she sells it really well. And of course, Chlorie, uh vamping all over the place. Wah, 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 punch, <laughs> Weezer. And of course, Weezer, who is dressed almost like Fred Flintstone's mother-in-law at this funeral. Um, <laughs> she also uh, does a great job too. Of course, these two comic relief characters and they get a smile on, on Chlorie's face. Uh, that funeral scene is a really good scene. Yeah. I really can't help but to be won over by it and to cry during it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that
1: must've been what I remember, which is watching my aunt and my mom just bawling. It had to have been that scene. Cause I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of hands down.
0: It's either that, or I
1: mean, I mean, uh, in the hospital, I guess was also
0: rough, but I think like that funeral scene is like this, this explosion of emotion that has been like curtailed by Sally Field throughout the movie. So I feel like it would have to be that, that funeral scene. Yeah. I have a note here. Can you jog my memory here? It's just t- it's a quote between two people, one of which is Wiza. Mm-hmm. But the quote is Wiza, what are you doing here? And the response from Wiza is, shut up. <laughs> Do you remember when that happens in it? No. I loved it because you expected like there would be like this really clever retort from Wiza and her response is, shut up. I also, uh, there is sort of a cute bridal shower scene, uh, with a oh, uh, with Tara character. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Who's sorry, saying what it? You say? is oh. it Tom Skerritt?
1: No, it's Clarie. <laughs> of course. Is she's, oh, is The this... female
0: Tom Skerritt. Is this what you're talking about? Cause they're
1: in, this is when they're in the locker room. And Clary's like, but I love the top, such a vibrant purple. Bob, would you call this color grape or aubergine? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> no, that
0: that is also good. You know, you look like a fool out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, uh, I can't remember what this is from, but I wrote it down because it made me laugh so much. Uh, I also laughed at uh, the bridal shower scene with Inel, uh during her bridal shower when they're buying her a bunch of. Uh, you know, gifts that you usually get at a bridal shower And she gets like this uh, crotchless lingerie Crotchless teddy or something And they look at the card And Clarie uh, turns to Weezer and says You have the handwriting of a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> I do declare a Mr. Rant
1: uh, uh, uh. I do not see plays Because I can nap at home for free <laughs> <laughs> I don't read books because if they're any good, they're gonna make him into a mini series.
0: That's <laughs> so good. Oh, she's amazing. Uh, I wanted to say, I mean, you know, I'm not a financial analyst, but I'm concerned that Truvy's gonna be a chain, and she only has five customers from what I can gather. I don't think she needs a second location. Also, like, did he just make
1: a sign and rent a building, or did he like? make a bunch of decisions about how her store is going to be set up without her because that's kind of fucked up it's hey, so like if I opened, it like, seems
0: really sweet but i'm like oh, there's a lot of things here that are, that are it even says now open on it so like is she having to staff this suddenly
1: <laughs> it's like if i opened like a a like a store to sell your art without consulting you <laughs> you'd be like hey What's the deal with this?
0: Thank you for the gesture, but thank you for buying this property and I guess <laughs> renting it out, hopefully for a few months. Because I mean, I, I also, have they're to staff sh- this up. They're sharing finances.
1: Like she's going to know how much this costs. Does she know? It's not like there was probably, she's always wanted a second location, but the, probably the reason that she didn't
0: was because the demand didn't call for it. You're right. Also, one more thing on the uh, just uh, logistical level. When Dylan McDermott comes home, when Shelby has slipped into her coma, we see there is spaghetti sauce uh, boiling over on the stovetop. Um, The refrigerator Mm. door is open. Several chairs are open, and then we find Shelby on the porch. And I'm like, what were you doing on the way out, Shelb? Like, she, like, <laughs> opened everything and knocked every chair over just <laughs> just to slip into a coma. And, I mean, we already knew that she fell down on like the we back porch. S- we saw her, yeah, on the back porch and Maybe saying, she's just a terrible, terrible person who's just leaving the refrigerator door open at all times. Maybe she
1: forgot in her you know situation maybe she forgot where the phone was and so it's maybe it's in the
0: maybe it's in the fridge
1: she took the scenic route to the phone
0: took a chair down with her all right yeah it. we can go to our verdict let's do now it. that we've mocked a diabetic what is your verdict? Uh, DJ, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's some problematic stuff in this uh, Steel Magnolias. Isn't this movie about southern white women? What? Who would have seen it coming? What? But I will say your inner child is not Whoa. an idiot. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's uh, got a, a lot of, g- or some good performances in it. A lot of funny lines, mostly from Olympia and uh, uh, Sherlyn McLean And Tom Skerritt. Throw them in there. Finally, men get their due. Finally. Ugh. This cancel culture is out of control. Anyway, um, yes, I I enjoyed this movie very much, um, despite some of its more dated aspects, some of its odd depictions of diabetic medical needs, and some of the unspoken background racial dynamics that Um. are much more troubling to uh, to 2021 eyes. I don't want to step on your verdict, but...
1: How dare uh, you? May I nominate two awards? Please. I welcome it. Shirley McLean for the Catherine O'Hara Memorial MVP Award.
0: Seconded. And then of course. Get it stamped out, Roger, and get that mailed out to (laughs) to Mrs. uh, McLean Beatty. And then Warren uh, Beatty's sister. Do you know that? It's one of my favorite little bits of trivia. I did know that, but when I found that out not long ago,
1: (laughs) I was very surprised. And when you see it, you're like, okay. I kinda get it. Just a hard scrabble, uh, richest to riches story for
0: that family. <laughs> From the Ned Beatty fortune. <laughs> he went back in time
1: and sired two children. <laughs> and of course, Sally Field. I'd like to nominate Sally Field for the Sally Field Individual Scene Award. Is that what and we not call just it? What because do we, if we don't nominate her, uh, she would sue us. <laughs> yes. And she just, I mean, like, she never, it's not like she's bad in other scenes, but like, this just like, the reason why this award exists, her one scene in Mrs. Doubtfire, is like heads and shoulders above everything else that she does in this movie. And she's it's-
0: very good at selling, like, uh, Sort of when you're, you're Unhinged, overcome with emotions. <laughs> yeah. You're overcome with emotions and you can't really quite get the words out. So you just like start just blathering on. She's really good at that. Uh, she does it really well in Mrs. Doubtfire. Of course she does it really well here. She of course does it really well in the transphobic soap dish. She's
1: great. Mm. Your inner child is not an idiot. So he's great. It does not without problems. It's not without flaw. We talked about it, but I was expecting to maybe think this was a little bit cheesy and be kind of borderline and it is certainly cheesy but it is great and it made me cry and I laughed a lot mostly at Shirley MacLaine's performance Dolly Parton's National Treasure it was great a lot of like this is a stacked cast
0: like that is it is it is surprisingly stacked and I'm trying to think like talking about the boobs not just because I don't. What, what a thing to <laughs> say. Uh, you always do comment about Shirley McLean's boobs. Excuse me. Um, Men are talking. <laughs> she, uh, it is a stacked cast, but it also, I think you also have to account for the fact that Daryl Hannah. And Julia Roberts were not necessarily as big a thing as they were.
1: Wasn't Daryl Hannah by this point? This is post. Tara Hannah might
0: have been more of a thing than Julia Roberts yeah. at this point. This is pre Pretty Woman because it was pre- Pretty yes, Woman was nineteen ninety, pre- right? Pretty Woman. So Pre-pre. that was her like huge
1: breakout, right?
0: I mean, this pre- was pre T Woman. DJ, did you? I don't know. I want to make sure that there's a clean version of this pre T Woman. Pre. Do I look like I'm, frozen? I'm trying to pretend like I'm frozen. <laughs> Pre T Woman. Dej. Dej. Deej. Pre T Woman. What do you think, everyone?
1: Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text us 615 576 0525. If you want to become a supporter of the show, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. We want to thank our current patrons, including
0: Heather Tuggle, the supreme ruler of this podcast, Tyler Richardson, Captain Jean Luc Picard, Karen Kurd, Lindsay Nell,
1: Jonathan Day, Just Cuz, The Zesty, Jacob Grimm, Particle Man, Demon's History Unique Scene, <laughs> Dramatically Placed Hot Dog, Larissa Maestro, T. Smith. Jeremy Powlin. Kevin from the Cleveland. You know, I'm just realizing we should have done these all in Southern accents. Oh, yeah. Well, we can finish them off that way.
0: Oh, well, I do declare uh, Brandon Hardy. Uh, His Honor, uh, the Mayor. Oh, Diane McIntyre. And Justin
1: Shea.
0: Sorry, I ran out of Southern accent. Oh, yeah. Well, Sorry. I mean, it's, it's an unrenewable resource, so we probably shouldn't have just cruised through it like that. Thank you
1: all very, very much. We really appreciate your help. Uh, if you want to support the show, like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. You know what? Have you ever had like a, a crawfish boil? Like a
0: um, low country boil? This has come called? up like 16 times since we've watched um, Steel Magnolias. I have had crawfish... Well, no. In my life, uh, me and Tyler have talked what? about it. Um, then I talked about it with, I think, Adam, and I think I've talked about it with a few other people. It's lunacy. Uh, to answer your question, I have had crawfish, but I have never had like the crawfish boil. I'm so mad about this question. <laughs> I that is my default, and I am, I am, <laughs> I am not mean. I've just been in a bad mood for the past forty years. <laughs> Uh, we had one um, when we were in
1: New Orleans, and uh, it was delicious. It was very messy. Oh, messy! Because <laughs> it's well, because it's like everything's just sort of dumped out, and then you just eat with your hands, and it's like you know, it's been boiled. So
0: it's, it's like all it's wet. And-